You may have heard the expression, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, I want to tell you today that that is not true. Words do hurt us. And in fact, some of the worst pain that we experience is not physical, but actually emotional. And a lot of people are struggling with deep trauma in their heart. And today we're going to be discussing how to get free from these things that are called soul wounds. I've got a very powerful guest with us today. Her name is Pamela Christian. She is an award-winning author and speaker and media host. And she is the host of the podcast called Faith to Live By on the Charisma Media Podcast Network. And we did a previous teaching with Pamela all about her experience of being brought back to life after suffering from a sudden cardiac arrest. So I want to invite you to make sure you check that episode out and you're going to be blessed by it. But today on the Be Healed podcast, we are going to discuss how to get free from these emotional heart-based wounds that we've suffered from. So, Pamela, it's great to have you back on the Be Healed podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Pastor Steve. I truly appreciate it. So I'd like to ask you first to, in your own words, define what a soul wound really is, because it's a lot deeper than what I did in the introduction to this podcast. What, what does it mean that somebody has a soul wound? A soul wound is basically an emotional wound or a soul tie. And we can experience such wounds in a number of different ways. A soul tie would be one way. But soul wounds are conditions that have occurred in our life, either done against us or we have done to ourselves that bring injury, oppression, and the mindset, uh, an orphan mindset. Um, it brings a lot of different um, identities that are inconsistent with our identity in Christ. And it prevents us from living in the victorious life that Christ died to give us. So these soul wounds, um, how common uh, are they? Because it sounds like they would be pretty common to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. No one has escaped having soul wounds, just living in this fallen world. And it's important that we know what soul wounds are, that we examine ourselves to see if maybe we are being controlled by a soul wound, because such soul wounds provide a, a pathway for the enemy to get into our mind and to plant seeds of doubt, seeds of unworthiness, all sorts of seeds that will hinder us, as I said, from living the victorious life Christ died to give us. So we want to be intentional about examining ourselves before the Lord prayerfully to see if there's anything in us that we could be working on that would allow us to live the abundant life that Christ wants us to live. We can get so familiar with a soul wound that we don't even know it's there. It's just a natural part of our everyday existence. In fact, I had a retreat that I went to one time and I asked the women to each pick up a, a stone, a little stone for the burdens that they're bearing in their life in that particular time. And if they had five issues that there was heavy on their heart, then they needed to pick up five stones. And I asked them to put the stones into a little burlap sack and tie it somewhere on their person so they would feel the weight of that burden the entire weekend. Then at the conclusion of the weekend, I asked them to lay their burdens at the foot of the cross, a, a very physical 
way of demonstrating what they're trying to make sure that they're doing in a spiritual manner. And it was a very somber and respectful, contemplative time. Women one by one came up and laid down their burdens. And after it was all over, one woman in particular came up to me and she said, I can't let go of this burden. I can't let go of it. She had come to so identify with the burden that she couldn't imagine living without it. And as I began talking with her to understand more, I realized that the sympathy that she gets from people because of what she's bearing was her fellowship. And she was concerned that if she gave up that burden, she would lose out on her friends and the fellowship that she had otherwise enjoyed. So this is an example of a soul wound or a condition that we're allowing to remain in our lives that we've actually come to identify with that works against us. It actually hinders us from the fullness that we could otherwise live, the freedom and the abundant life. Um, so unless we intentionally examine uh, and are courageous, it takes courage because certainly if someone has done something against us, that's caused us to have some sort of a soul wound. It's easy to, uh, to, feel feelings such as unforgiveness or bitterness or anger or whatever against that person, you feel justified. Well, that's easy to identify a soul wound. If you've got those kinds of emotions and, and attitudes in your life, obviously there's a soul tie, but there are other things that are very, um, very, I'll say beneath the surface, beneath the surface of our consciousness for example, if you were raised in a home where your father was physically abusive, verbally abusive, you were raised in an environment where you will react to that and everybody's going to react differently, but you'll carry that into your adult life. You'll carry that into every other relationship until you deal with it. Pamela, you mentioned a couple of times the idea of examining ourselves and that some of these wounds of the heart may actually be under the surface, not in the forefront of our minds. What are some ways that people would be able to examine themselves or diagnose themselves or at least become aware that some of these soul wounds exist? If a person has any sort of a soul wound, and I, by the way, I'll talk about soul ties a little bit a little bit later, but right now, just sticking with the idea of soul wounds, people who have soul wounds will find that they have a very fast reaction, uh, just a, a trigger, a hair reaction to anything that sets them off. Uh, they might be quick to anger. They might be quick to defensiveness. They might be quick to being offended. And if you find that you are quick to respond just without thinking, that's an evidence that there's something below the surface, below your consciousness that is ruling you. And we need to understand that, again, these soul wounds give a pathway for the enemy to get in and to actually establish a foothold or a stronghold. And for some, what I've heard called a platform, that's where there are many evil minions that are actually beating up on you in the spiritual on an emotional level. And they're preventing you from walking in the fullness that God means for you to have. When people find themselves defensive, they get angry quickly, um, they're insecure. And, and here's, here's a big one that we have found, that the way that they interact with people and with life in general is inconsistent with the true personality 
that God made when he made them. That they're very shy or they're very timid. Meanwhile, inside, they want to be able to have more friends or be more expressive. So it's very powerful what you're saying. I mean, and, and th- this idea that there's a platform for a lot of evil to torment, it's, 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 a, it's an element of torment. Um, it could be triggered uh, by, uh, by a, a very traumatic event in their life, uh, uh, a betrayal, uh, an abandonment, people rejecting them. Uh, and, and you're saying that these things will, will eventually plague people. They, 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 will, they, they will characterize their, their whole life. Uh, it really sounds like we've got to be free from this, that this isn't just like, well, you know, it's just a little emotional thing in my life. I'll just overlook it. It sounds like this is a much deeper uh, rooted thing that really has to be dealt with by, by God himself. Absolutely. I think most people realize that we're made in three parts, body, soul, and spirit. But when we talk about our soul, especially from our Western mindset, we tend to think <clears throat> of our soul as being our, our mind or our intellect, our will, our emotions, but it also includes our personality. I don't hear that talked about enough, but I believe it's our soul, including our unique personality that will allow us to be identified in heaven. So I'm talking about that part of our being. Now, in the Hebrew perspective, the soul does not divide like we do in the Western frame of mind. In in our Western way of thinking, we have our mind and our will and our emotions on one plane, and we have Oh, excuse me, I think I should change that. Our mind and our will is on one plane and our emotions and our heart are on another. But in the Hebrew, it's not separated. In the Hebrew, the word is leb. The word for heart is leb, L-E-B. And it means the entirety of the individual. So it's important that we realize that it's not a mental pursuit. It is a mental and emotional pursuit. We must get our mind and our heart combined in this effort to be healed. Anything that hinders our faith will prevent our prayers from being answered. So if we are allowing ourselves to live with trauma or depression or other things that are evidence of a soul wound, then our prayers won't be answered because we are living with that fear, that depression, that that thing that is antithetical to our faith. So it's important that we questioning, why am I so defensive, for example? Whatever the issue might be, try with the Lord's help, with prayer and the help of others, because you don't have to go through this alone. Try to identify the source. This is so, so, so powerful because sometimes we meet people and we don't meet them first. We meet their soul wound first. <laughs> we, we, we meet their, their, their reaction and their, the way that they speak. But it's really their pain coming out. And it's so important when meeting people, especially in the context of churches, that we're meeting not just them, but we're meeting their history. We're meeting what they're dealing with. We're, we're, we're meeting all that they've gone through. And, and it's so important to have compassion uh, when we meet people and, and realize, hey, they're dealing with things too. Now, I'd like to, like to ask you, so we, we've got this, this promise of, of Jesus, right, on, on the cross that we would be made new, that by believing Jesus Christ, God would birth us anew, that we would be born again, begotten of the Spirit. And so now we're pulling in this, this other dimension, right, uh, in, into it, that there's not just the soul, but there's also the Spirit. Could you talk with us a little bit 
about what has Jesus Christ accomplished for us on the cross? Because we're not going to let people suffer with this. Jesus wants people healed. And so what has he done to bring healing to our souls? All right. I love what you're pointing out here. Yes. When anyone places their faith in Jesus, we are, we become a new creature. We are given a whole new spirit that didn't exist before. He didn't patch up our spirit that we were born with. He has replaced our dead spirit with a new and living spirit that can now communicate with God on an unhindered level, spirit to spirit. However, we still have our soul and our body. Our souls need to be functioning on the basis of truth. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So. The truth may include the need to examine why do I have this ongoing depression? Why do I have this ongoing anxiety? And in that, we partner with God. There are some things that Jesus did for us, and there are many other things Jesus wants to do with us. You know, God can zap anything into existence anytime he wants. And we do have testimonies of people who are delivered, miraculously delivered from either soul wounds or physical infirmities. but. Most of the time, God wants us to partner with him, explore and evaluate and discover truth with him so that he can heal us and have the healing be complete. You know, when we go through a process of having to work out our salvation, then we own it. We come to a place if we own it. If everything was simply given to us and done for us, we wouldn't we would take advantage of it. We wouldn't value it the way we should. You are bringing an interesting point here that on one side, you're describing what Christ has done for us on the cross. He's made us new. And so I'll often share with people, they say, uh, after they've received Jesus, they say, I have a broken heart. And I'll gently help them understand, well, you feel like your heart is broken, but actually it's okay. Because Christ has given you a new mind, a new heart, a new creation. So now we're going to learn how to live according to that new creation. Um, but it's important that we still have memory of the things that have happened to us. And there's this other side of not just understanding what Christ has done for us, that he's made us new, but... Can you speak about our response? In other words, our responsibility. And I, I love the, the idea that response is the beginning of the word responsibility, <laughs> that there's something that we need to do. We, we, need to, we need to do something with what he's done <laughs> so that we could actually benefit from the work that he's done. Talk, talk with us about that a little bit. What's our response ability? But anything that is, brings you joy, love, peace, Anything that brings you good in that way, that's of heaven. Anything that is brings you malice, conviction, um, anger, that's not from heaven. So we can start very easily by identifying what are those negative things in my life? And then how can I partner with God through prayer and uh, finding the source, finding new ways to renew my mind, to replace the old ways of thinking with the new ways of thinking so that I can be healed emotionally. If you've got an orphan spirit, if you think you're always alone and nobody's ever going to help you and you have to do everything for yourself, that's not consistent with what Christ died to provide you. So one would be finding out why you have this sense of being an orphan. 
and then replacing that information, that those lies that you've come to believe with the truth of who God says you are, with the truth from the Bible of what God says is real for you and available to you in this life. You know, one of the things I did early in my life, because I lived 30 years of my life in the world before I found Christ. And I had a lot of soul wounds and lies and deceptions and things that I had come to live with. And I had to learn how to do what I call thought replacement. It's, it's in the Bible. The Apostle Paul tells us to do this, take every thought captive. But anytime I found myself thinking a negative thought or a thought that was inconsistent with who God says I am in Christ, I would immediately replace it with a scripture verse that would help me get renewed through my mind, which would then renew my heart, which would make my mind and my heart or the lab, which is, should be all one, align with my new spirit. That's good. So this idea of thought replacement has to be an intentional and specific an active thing that the believer in Jesus is doing. So you can't be passive. And I want to encourage everybody listening to this. Very frequently, we are passive believers. We, we allow things to happen to us where I believe that there's a lot of scriptural precedent that says that we should be active. We should be leading. We should be taking that situation and saying, we're going to change that. And I think about what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 21, verse 21, when he said, uh, if you believe and you do not doubt, you can speak to the mountain and it will move. It will be picked up and cast into the sea. And I love what you're saying, Pamela, because you're saying we need to take authority. We need to uh, take action and say, I'm not going to continue thinking that thought. I am going to think what God says to think about. And that's the scripture. Uh, I believe as soon as we grab that temptation, as soon as we grab that feeling, it becomes ours that the enemy wants us to have. It becomes ours. And we've got to, we've got to learn to disagree. We have to have radical agreement. I want you to hear this radical agreement. Anybody who's listening to this, you need to have radical agreement with what the scripture says. So if the enemy comes and says that you're not loved, you need to speak forth the word of God that says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For every lie, praise God, we need to replace it with the truth that's in the scripture. Pamela, let me ask you this. So uh, in, in, in doing this, in... in in replacing the thoughts, I guess it means we really need to, need to know the Word of God then. Otherwise, we're, we're, we're going to be in trouble. We, we won't have anything to replace it with. Can you talk with us a little bit about how you would coach somebody uh, to, to read the Word of God uh, in a way uh, that will enable them to get it in their heart? Well, certainly when we approach the scriptures, we want to do so prayerfully and know that the Holy Spirit indwells us and seek the Holy Spirit for the counselor that he is and ask him to help us understand the passage of scripture. One of the things that helped me, rather than just going through the books of the Bible, which is very important to do, was to get my hands on either books or papers that showed a list of scripture passages that were very specific to my personal needs, to my personal situation. So when you go through scriptures, if there's a scripture that really addresses your soul wound, write it down. Make yourself a personal list of 
God's word that you can take and use as an active sword to cut out the soul wounds. You know, if a person has any feelings of being a loser or unworthy or a failure, or if they find that they are limited in their desired success in any way, it's time to consider whether you have a soul wound or perhaps a soul tie. And I wanted to make sure we talked about soul ties. Soul ties are as a result of a relationship with other people. It could be a legal relationship. And what I mean by that is like a marriage that is ordained by God. That is a legal relationship. But there are illegal relationships as well, such as when we're partnered um, with an unbeliever or we have sex outside of marriage. That creates soul ties that are illegal. And these illegal soul ties in our life are where the enemy can really pin us down and keep us down. And we must deal with these. This is why a person who might have been married at one point and divorces and becomes married again still has issues in their marriage. There are soul ties. There are, and I'm not saying this entirely, that that's the only reason, but it plays a part. The relationship that they had with the first person, just because they divorced does not mean that soul tie is loosed. It does not mean that soul tie is done away with. We can carry soul ties of relationships that we've had. It could be employers. It could be church leadership. It could be any relationship that became unhealthy for whatever reason that then we have a soul tie and we take that thought process into the rest of our lives. So it's important that we identify the soul ties and we sever them properly as well. So that's almost in a way thinking about how to break the flow of the source of some of these soul wounds. So if I, if I stay in a relationship that's unhealthy and I, and I, I keep that soul tie active, it's going to be kind of like a conduit for, for, for strengthening that soul wound. So we've got to really assess the relationships in our lives and, and assess uh, the, the building of proper boundaries uh, in our lives to, to break uh, old relationships that are, are detrimental to us and also prevent us from getting into new unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And for those relationships that involved sexual activity, there is also a spiritual connection. So they are more difficult to break. Um, you know, there's an expression in marriage says uh, to tie the knot. We talk about that when people get married. Well, the expression can also be used as soul ties. Because the longer the bond or the soul tie exists, the tighter, the stronger, and the bigger it becomes, making it more difficult to sever. And I know people often think that just breaking off a relationship will break the soul tie, but that's not very often true. So how would you recommend that, that a person goes to actually break a soul tie? Well, it's always going to be going back to God in prayer and identifying it. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He is the one who will reveal to us what we don't understand. And the soul ties are more difficult to to break than um, a soul wound being healed. One of the things that helped me when I was trying to make sure I was being healed from soul wounds and soul ties were books by Dr. Hakeem Collins. He's written several. And this is one thing that he says. I want to share it with your audience if I could, Pastor. He says, when a person is involved in an unhealthy, ungodly, and negative soul tie, 
Invisible strings knit the two hearts together and their movements, emotions, and feelings are shared. That's why when a person moves on and ends a relationship years later, they're still thinking about that person and can't break free from that person emotionally. Another prime example is when people are in an, an abusive, either physical or verbal relationship, yet they won't remove themselves from that hurtful environment because of the bond or the soul tie that holds them together. So I think that's a good example for us to see how we can remain in adversity, something that's not healthy for us, a soul tie, a soul wound. And it's also important for us to understand that it's the agenda of hell to make what is ungodly and illegal in the sight of God to be right and acceptable in the sight of humans. So this is why even Christians can find themselves in a cycle of continuing in poor relationships, uh, damaging relationships because of these soul ties. Mm. Let's let's do it. Let's begin to pray for the people right now. I, I think that um, so many people would identify with what we've discussed here today, that they've gone through trauma. They, they can probably see some things in how their relationships are and how they deal with people that they that they need to be delivered. And we've got to pray for the healing of soul wounds. And we've got to pray for that supernatural uh, declaration for uh, the soul ties to be broken. I, I want to encourage everyone that that one of the, the things that I believe that's going to empower you to to leave those unhealthy relationships is the love of your father. Because getting connected in a real way to the love of the father through Jesus Christ in the power of his Holy Spirit is going to cause you to receive everything you need. And people are often staying in unhealthy soul ties because they're still seeking to supply something they think they need. And I want to tell you that Jesus is our soul sufficiency. Everything is in him. Everything you need is in him. And you can have courage to leave any unhealthy relationship when you put your trust in Jesus, because he is going to make up the difference and he is going to supply all your need. Pamela, would you just pray for the people right now? Because I know that I know that they need it. I, I, I know that some of them are in relationships and suffering from soul wounds and I believe they'll they'll really value your your prayer for them to be free. Thank you. You know, the good news is before I go into prayer that soul wounds, soul ties are often a decision we make. Sometimes there are matters that happen to us, but the beautiful thing, the beautiful promise is, is that soul wounds and soul ties can be broken by a decision we make, by us choosing to be set free. This would be a wonderful time to pray for people. Lord, I want to thank you for letting this topic come to bear and for having people consider the controlling aspects of their lives that are not working to the best interest and that are actually bringing them to live less than the victorious life, the full abundant life that you want. So I want to ask you, Lord, to help the people listening who need this kind of ministry from the Holy Spirit to first admit the truth. Admit the truth of either their responsibility or the fact that something did indeed happen to them, and then repent if they brought it on themselves, and forgive if someone else perpetrated it against them. Lord, I want to thank you that you help us to completely remove ourselves from anything and everything that feeds the soul wound or the soul tie. 
I want to ask you, Lord, to help the people understand that it's not a matter of us asking you to heal us because Jesus has already done everything for our healing. Lord, help us instead to pray, to appropriate our faith, to decree and to declare the fulfillment of the healing for our lives, body, soul, and our spirit is already healed. So we praise you. I thank you, Father, for teaching us that the way that we can go and continue with this healing is to take every thought captive and to immediately replace any negative thought that comes against or is contrary to your word. Take it captive and replace it with your truth, Lord. I thank you that you desire so much for us to live the abundant life, the full life that Christ gave his life for us to be able to do this, even in this fallen world. So, Lord, I'm rejoicing in advance now for the number of people who are seeing the light on this topic and realizing how their lives have been impacted and how they indeed can be set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Pamela, could you tell our listening audience how they can possibly contact your ministry? And I know that you're a prolific writer and have a blog and have authored books, and maybe they'd like to learn more about your ministry. Thank you. My ministry is Pamela Christian Ministries. My name is Pamela Christian, so it's plural, PamelaChristianMinistries.com. And I welcome people contacting me. It's my desire, my deepest desire, and my privilege and my honor to do anything I can to help people discover the life-giving truth of Christ. Amen. And you've been listening to the Be Healed podcast. I'm your host, Steve Hannett. And I want to offer you a free gift today. We spoke about replacing lies with the truth of God's word. And we have a resource that will be perfect for you. Just text the word healing to 97,000 and we will send you a free resource with scriptures dealing with your identity. It's time to get healthy. It's time to get active. And I want you to send your testimony to us. You can do that by sending an email to contact at everyhousenow.org. It's always an honor to bring the word of God to you. We look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. And we know that God is going to bring you through. Thank you for listening to the Be Healed podcast today. I'd love to connect with you on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Steve Hannett. And you can get a lot of our latest information and announcements there. Also, would love for you to know about our TV program called The Miraculous Life. It airs on Sid Roth's It's Supernatural Network, also known as ISN. You can go to their website. You can download the app ISN on your phone. And you can listen to it also on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Steve Hannett. There's amazing teachings and testimonies of God's power healing people and breaking through. Truly, he calls us to live in his grace and peace. Well, until next week, may Jesus Christ lead you, guide you, and establish you in the fullness of his grace and power. Be sure to share this podcast with someone who you know it will bless And I look forward to talking with you next week. God bless you. Be Healed is a production of Every House, a church network whose mission is to contribute to the work of the Great Commission by reaching the lost, establishing churches, and cultivating leaders throughout the world. If you'd like to give a tax-deductible gift to support this ministry, simply visit our website at stevehannett.com and click the Donate button. We thank you in advance for your prayer and support.